welcome to the Moringa School podcast. My name is Melissa. I'm Victor Ireri. I'm Leo Igane. Michelle Atieno. And today we're here to talk about um, opportunities in tech and software for 2019. The trends that we've seen um, taking place or the trends we foresee will be very, very big. Um, mm-hmm. Opportunities in terms of career um, development, uh, if you're looking to transition why is it a good time to get into tech or to develop your technology skills, whether that's in terms of UI, UX, um, product big management, data. big data, data science, Python programming, Java programming, <laughs> iOS. Welcome, welcome everyone. So maybe we can start off with Victor. What, what trends do you foresee? Or how, how has 2018 been for you so far? I think you can say 2018 has been mind-opening, eye-opening, whichever one you choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, having, 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 having spent my entire 2018 learning technology and programming, say that it's, it's basically, it's definitely the future. Mm-hmm. And so coming into 2019, after the things that you have learned in 2018, you can see now it's clearer to see the holes that there is in, in the industry. And you can tell that in 2019, just like we were discussing before this podcast started, is iOS development for starters. Like for instance in Kenya, and I think you can I think it can stretch even in Africa itself, there's a, there's definitely a deficiency or is it an inadequacy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And there's definitely that for uh, iOS developers. Uh, we need swift programmers. Then Leo you're saying something about employability of iOS developers, yeah? Yeah. Basically what I'm hearing is if you are an iOS developer, mm-hmm. you, there's no one who can retain you, yeah. because you're in such demand that they can't pay you enough to just uh, stay at the company. So most of them, Freelance. most of them are freelancing, and yeah. they do not stay without getting so many offers and jobs. I know somebody, a friend of mine, who has a tech company, and she's like, she herself only knows five iOS developers that she is always like trying to get them to build her, the work she's getting from her clients. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, it's a good thing. I've had people say, if I asked to look at it from the other side, I've had people say that iOS as a platform is kind of going down and it's really not needed in Africa because most people use Android. But yeah. how I answer that is, if you're looking maybe in the future, this is future, 10, 20 years, maybe you might be right, but currently, currently iOS is still a major platform and it's, uh, it's still in need. Every company that removes an application, even in Africa, has to have an iOS version of that application. So if there are very few iOS developers, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a smart thing to get into. It's a, and can you also say, for the people that are, are raising that sentiment that in Africa people use Android and you don't need iOS, I think it can be a fair advice to tell these people that at the moment they may have a point, yeah, may being the keyword, <laughs> but beginning to code iOS right now will make you a pioneer. And by the time the five years is coming around and like now it is actually needed in Africa for iOS developers to be there, you'll be a senior iOS developer. You'll be the guy that young iOS developers, big companies will be coming to like, we need someone with experience in iOS to do this for us. So at the end of the day, there's really no downside to learning iOS right now. It's 
just on good Definitely. and yeah and um i mean i would say if you want a global career if you're mm-hmm. looking to work outside of africa mm-hmm. it's it's a plus to learn it yeah but i think my question is uh, what does it take to become an ios developer for example you need a mac mm-hmm. you need an iphone or an ipad or any um sort of apple product mm-hmm. to even test out your your application so what um how how does one go about becoming an ios developer in 2019 In 2019, I saw you pointing at me. Means you are directing that question. I I I cannot speak uh, with certainty on this one, mm-hmm. but from what I've heard, I don't own a Mac myself, so I I can't learn Swift. Mm-hmm. But from what I've heard, it's really not that hard to learn. You know, it's it's on the it's 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 a bit harder than Python, but lower than Java, mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle there. But resources wise. There's more than enough resources to learn uh, iOS right now. Uh, you go online, you go to Udemy, you go to Codecademy. Codecademy, yeah, and all of these websites for for eleven dollars. That's usually the standard price. You'll get a really really good course mm-hmm. online, and especially if you're coming from another language or uh, you've been developing previously in your life. If there's something uh, developers can attest is that learning a new language is really not that hard. It's usually easy to at the end of the day if the foundation is the same you just learn i believe it's such it's also the case even yeah. with swift and ios yeah. yeah so it should not be that hard all you just need is basically the mac and the iphone and what's the best way to learn is it by building projects or apps or going over the syntax and semantics the best way to learn anything is yeah. by doing yeah regardless of what it is regardless if it's android java or web everything the best way to learn it is by actually building it Uh, just take a few moments to understand the basics what's going on and then from there get into building applications start with small and simple ones and keep uh, increasing on the difficulty level depending on uh, your comfort level and how much you want but always push yourself don't settle for your comfort level of course definitely yeah definitely. yeah and and um, another way of because uh, yeah you need OSX but mm-hmm. you can have a virtual machine So with a virtual machine basically you don't really to buy invest in a Mac. What is a virtual machine? A virtual machine it's a, a segment of of storage that you've set aside mm-hmm. in which you can then input a, an operating system mm-hmm. that is not the operating system that you're running. So it then becomes like its own computer. You can mm-hmm. also have it online. It doesn't have to be on any space any any place where there is memory. You can create a virtual machine. So you can have it in the cloud. You can have it on your laptop. You can have it on your laptop and then connect your laptop to the internet and make sure or oh, or a desktop. Have it on a desktop connected to the internet and you will be able to access it from anywhere as a machine oh, yeah. from any other any other machine so you can even have all your work and everything on a desktop and then you go somewhere else all you need is just uh, to get onto your laptop get the ip address connect it log on and you can access your machine from anywhere in other words, if you don't have a laptop you can kind of like building yes. a virtual server out of your own machine thank you yes yeah. so yeah so you can have a virtual machine in which you'll be able to to install macOS or OS X and uh, be able to to build your applications and um, it's it's quite something what you can do nowadays mm-hmm. because basically what we've said is 
nothing stops you from doing anything. There's always a workaround. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it being in the in the space today is people have already done it before. Mm-hmm. And being in the space today, the information is accessible because everything is online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, 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 before, I remember that people, if you wanted to learn how to code, you buy a very big book, <laughs> or you go to a library that has a very big book, yes. and then you'll be reading and typing some stuff on the command prompt and reading, and it, it was very tedious, mm. and it took so much time. Right now, you're not limited to the resources of your nation, because before, if your nation had a library, one library or two, that didn't have anything to do with code, you didn't couldn't. You can't learn you are, you are limited by your geography. Right now you're not. Mm-hmm. So as we're talking about the spaces that are available for developers, we're not just talking for people who've coded. We're talking about anyone who's interested in making anything, whether you've coded before or not. You literally have the capacity to get online and build as close to whatever you want. Especially if we're talking about the space of iOS right now. When there is demand for, for, for a certain service, that is where you have the capacity to build things that aren't that great mm-hmm. and to build on to what Victor is saying. So by the time that there's a flooding of people, you've made your mistakes when people tolerated your mistakes. Mm-hmm. So by the time other people come into the space and there's less tolerance of mistakes, you don't no longer make those mistakes. You've already learned from you. You've already learned from them, but you've still gotten paid even though your apps were glitchy because there was so much <laughs> demand for what you're giving out. Yeah. You know, they say um, if you're coming in as a competitor in a new market, mm-hmm. sometimes it's not always that you're coming in with more money, mm-hmm. you're coming in with less ones. So yes. that's very important. What yes. Preach, preach, preach. So, so what other trends do you um, see? I mean, obviously, blockchain is something that yeah. has existed for quite a while now. Yeah. Uh, but how do you think we, as African developers, can position ourselves to be more efficient blockchain programmers or to develop, um, to solve problems around blockchain, blockchain technology? Wow. Uh, the thing with blockchain technology is that it provides what you can call um, uh, sustain, not sustainability. Uh, give me, give me a word. Transparency and accountability. Yeah, it, accountability, exactly. So when we, with this technology, it can allow us to venture into some of the more rather shady market, not shady but shaky yeah. markets, yeah. markets where. You, the, there's questions about responsibility and how you can work with the data and how you can maintain and even accountability in terms of finances and all of this. And coming into Africa right now when you're developing, this is when you need to build strong foundations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe when you're building financial services, when you're building medical services where data is uh, very private mm-hmm. and there's laws against how you can use it and how you cannot use it and how you can tweak it. Uh, with, with blockchain technology, I feel like it can provide us as Africans and as a developing continent rather when we are building new systems. With blockchain we can be able to build systems with a strong foundation. You know it's not like the other countries where they are really developing now they are changing their systems to adapt blockchain to increase their functionality. For us 
we will be we will we have the opportunity to use it when we are starting out mm-hmm. and when we build services like uh maybe monetary services or we have payment systems and all of these with blockchain we are building things that are, are sustainable things that can last for long and things that can even now not just work on on a, on a on a person to person level or whichever way you can call it and uh, they can be used even on corporate levels yeah. and you when you're building big companies build them on blockchain it's it's a sustainable mm-hmm. uh business model for the company it, it will keep it going you know mm-hmm. and even on on a personal level for users for the consumer level that's the word I was looking for yeah. consumer level yeah? yeah even on consumer level i think blockchain is the way to go yeah definitely yeah. and i think i mean um As a developer, mm-hmm. blockchain programming or engineering is something I'd be interested to sort of get into in 2019. Yeah. Um especially because there are a lot of um programs currently in Nairobi mm-hmm. that are teaching developers how to program but with blockchain um as a as a, as a focal point. So you'll have companies um like webhive.io that are giving out scholarships um to study in Strathmore, you know, like attending like a two-day boot camp where you can actually use Python, C++ and Golang to program with blockchain. So I think just having that problem solving mindset as a developer naturally is going to really help us in 2019. Yeah. Um it's okay you know to try out a few apps if if it's for you it's for you. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to sort of for speed every single application that you develop <laughs> to have some yeah. form of blockchain yeah. but um it's something that we definitely cannot leave out you know i was at an event um yesterday and someone was saying that africa missed out on the internet uh, revolution in the yeah. 90s when you know companies like microsoft and amazon are literally coming up just out after the dot com um bubble mm, yeah. burst happened <laughs> um you know the companies even up to today in africa that still don't have websites that mm. still have no form of um digital presence mm. and here we are talking about blockchain so you know i think i think the question to us as developers and as business owners or as companies is do we want to also be left out of the blockchain revolution you know 20 years from now if your company doesn't have some form of um ledger system or accountability transparency yeah. system um are you really building a company for the future yeah. i think that that's 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 something that we we need to think about yeah i feel like uh, at the moment we can no longer say that as africans do we want to be left out i think it's no longer an option yeah. you know like we were saying like you was saying actually like it's no longer we are no longer limited by the resources of our nation you know we can access all of this information it's it's global it's internet sendio so at this point saying that africa is missing out on the internet revolution is is really not a point because at the end of the day this is the point where we can say it's ignorance yeah. because you you know it it's out there and, and, and you can learn it coming coming in on that and mm-hmm. that's is a beautiful thing about life and opportunity yeah mm-hmm. um allow permit me to to do this right yeah it's a tech it's a tech and I'll use two examples mm-hmm. and then swing them back into tech so in the bible there's a story I'm using it just as a story to give an example so there's a story of a prophet who was prophesying and he said that by this time Israel had been surrounded by armies that had uh, made sure that there was a famine and starvation in the city mm-hmm. 
and people are dying and eating their own young. So a prophet said, by this time tomorrow, there'll be so much food that it will be almost worthless. Yeah. So, and then the story jumps to a bunch of lepers sitting at the gate and they make a decision by themselves. Okay? And they say that if we go back into the city, we will starve. Mm. These guys, the surrounding armies, they will kill us. But let's just go. You never know what we will find. So as they were walking, confusion came into the camp of the enemy and they assumed that Israel had spoken to the king of another country to come and help them. And mm. so the enemy ran off. So these lepers come in and find the camp abandoned. And then they get into one tent, take all the gold they want, hide it. Get the second tent, they do that a couple of times, and then they're like, no, it's a sin to do this alone, while Israel, let's go tell the guys the good news. So they go and tell the Israelites in the city the good news, and they come out and everybody gets food. Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing about that story is this, right? The people who actually brought the change weren't many, there were mm-hmm. few. Yeah. And there are people who took a step they weren't knowledgeable in warfare. Yeah. They weren't equipped to handle an army. Mm-hmm. They're just two people who knew nothing about politics and nothing about negotiation saying to themselves that staying in the current place isn't good enough. Yeah. I'd rather step out into yeah. the unknown and see what I might find. Amen. They didn't need to convince anybody. Yeah. And then I want to bring it back. A few years ago, Dubai was a desert. Yeah. And so this prince, the king, this, this, the, it's an emirate, so it's a, I forgot the title, but yeah. Sheikh. Sheikh, yeah. <laughs> so he, he says, you know what? Oil is going to run out. Mm. But I need to create a city. And he creates a city that beats the cities that were created before. And the reason he could do that is because he had just a clean slate of sand. Mm-hmm. So he could have looked at that sand and said, I have such a long way to go competing with all the cities that have been there for thousands of years. Or he could look at this and say, no, I'm not going to start from where they started. I'm going to start from where they are at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he used the latest materials, the latest designs, the latest structures to build a modern city that rivals them. Because they have to deal with the constraints of old technology. They have to have a budget for restructuring old technologies that they invested a lot of money in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that takes time. Yeah. Now here's where Africa is. You yeah. get we have a clean slate of sand where people look and say, we are not like the people who did it before. Yeah. Yeah. But the beautiful thing is we are not like the people who did it before. We have the capacity to start from the cutting edge of technology and use that to build an infrastructure. We don't have budgets mm. for reconfiguring all technologies because we don't have none. You get what I'm saying? Mm. And it will not take a lot of people. It will take few people mm. who look at it and get into the unknown and they are going to be pioneers and they will capitalize and have monopolies where years later we'll be fighting politically and saying no we need to share the wealth Mm -hmm. but they will be the ones who will do it for everybody it really takes uh, it really takes a 
what, what's, the, what's the word? What's the word? Uh, consensus. It really takes consensus. It takes Mavericks. It takes, last story, it takes John Rockefeller being denied transportation by the railroads because they had a, they had a tiff. Looking at how oil was being moved in the factory and say, you know what? I don't need a railroad anymore. I'm going to build these pipelines across the country and move my oil that way. Mm. And it was like, wow. And right now, you don't think of moving oil any other way. It's a pipeline. Mm. Everybody uses it. Yeah. But it took him doing something that everybody thought was crazy. So it's the crazies who probably don't know a line of code, but have found out about this blockchain. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to do this blockchain. And they're going to make many mistakes. But at the end of it, they will do things that will move. And uh, I think we should be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I think that um, when you speak about blockchain, Leo, do you think that um, it will face, of course it will face some opposition, but course, you know, yeah. um, in a country like Kenya, where let's say in a field like um, land, yeah. land ownership, yeah. where it's so controversial in Kenya, yeah. do you think that the cartels in quotes mm. are going to fight something like blockchain? Or something like a bank where, you know... I, I, I get what you're yeah. And it's a, it's a really good question. And the thing, about, <laughs> the thing about change and technology is it's unapologetically brutal. Yes. And it, exactly. requires, yeah. it requires <laughs> no, no permission from the former way of doing things. Yeah. Now, let me tell you like this. Yeah. Look at the taxis and Uber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, there was no some fight. opposition. So, no, there was some opposition. Yes, some taxes but, were being but banned. Ultimately, yeah, it, it's taken over, and so, taxes have joined the application. Here's what I'm saying. If, for example, yeah, assuming that somebody was to build a blockchain uh, on a blockchain system, yeah, all the law firms get on this platform and communicate with each other because they're the ones who suffer the most and their clients are the ones who suffer the most yeah. because of fraudulent documents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But all documents, most of them must be processed by law firms. Yeah. So if all the law firms got on that platform and were processing each other's documents, it will reach critical mass where the amount of documents having been processed by the law firms is an enough it's enough for a database that can exclude the government database and it will be more reliable. And yes. you will no longer need the database of the government yeah. because you will realize there there is fraud. But if I go to these law firms, they will tell me that this title deed is registered to Victor. The, the blockchain technology will not allow that duplicate title deed to be registered to somebody else. Yes. So then... You do not need permission from the government. You've done it all by your own. And this one is reliable. Everybody trusts it. And at the end of it, they will have no choice. So either they will use this technology or they will perish. So the thing is, when a new technology comes in, it creates its own space. It is self-reliant. It needs no permission. And most of the fight back, most of the fight back, has nothing to do with the technology. For example, the Uber situation. The taxi guys mm-hmm. were burning mm-hmm. Ubers. Yeah. So, but 
that did nothing to them. They did not create a virus to infect the Uber application yeah. so that <laughs> they were burning some taxes. Yeah. Yes. And at the end of the day, they would protest for three days. Mm-hmm. And in those three days, there were 50, 50 people who bought new taxis and they're putting them on Uber. Yeah. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And they would have banned, banned 10. Yeah. Mm. Similar. And people who use Uber will still use Uber. Yeah. They will still call it up. They will still use their smartphone because it was a better way of doing transportation. You could not, you could not, you cannot go back after having sent an email to snail mail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. After having talked to somebody on a mobile phone, you're not going to go get a landline. Write a letter. Yeah. Or write a letter. Or get a temple. After being on Facebook, you now say, okay, now let's get out of Facebook. Okay, we become pen pals, you know, they were your friends of it. So then you write 300 letters mm. and then you stamp them and you wait. No. Yeah. Once the new technology comes, you cannot take it away. Yeah, and I think that that's a very good point. If you don't evolve, you die. And technology is a very detrimental part of our society right now. And I think that um, me coming into technology this year, it's opened my eyes so, so much um, on things that I wanted to do. And I think that going into next year, I'll probably look into especially data. I don't know why my heart is just in data science, but mm-hmm. I think that data science is one of those yes. things that I'll have to look into. And I'm also starting to teach myself with online resources, mm-hmm. basically YouTube. Mm-hmm. I found DataCamp, Udemy, and a few other resources, mm-hmm. and UIUX mm-hmm. specifically because I find that... Like you said, um, I don't. I think it's you, Victor, who said in our mm. earlier discussion that it's so hard to debug mm. um, front end. Then it um, is back end. Exactly, and there's no even Stack Overflow for front end. Yeah. So if anyone out there wants to create a Stack Overflow for front end, <laughs> please look into that. <laughs> exactly, it's an opportunity that you can look into. Yeah. 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 And speaking speaking of data science. Um, and maybe artificial intelligence, yeah. machine mm-hmm. learning, and all these trends we're seeing in 2019. Um, I was at an interview a few days ago, and one of the questions I was asked is, if you have a database of 30,000 developers, mm-hmm. how would you use artificial intelligence to match them to um, 100 clients, for example? So a client calls you on Monday, and they want um, five people to interview by Friday. Mm. Obviously, you can't use targeted ads on social media. It could work, mm. but it's just not effective in matching or getting the right quality that the client is looking for. So what, what's your view on um, you know, using, using data, data-driven decision-making in 2019, and how can small businesses, especially those that are yeah. not really, they're capturing data, but they're not really analyzing it um, effectively to be yeah. able to manage their costs or yeah. to be more profitable. Mm-hmm. How, w- what advice, what's your take on um, data in 2019, whether that's in terms of machine learning or artificial intelligence or, yeah. I think I talked about this in our last podcast, mm-hmm. the one, the last one. That episode was, one. Episode one. We we'll <laughs> yeah. leave the link below. Okay. Yeah. So, the thing I the thing I said is that data is what decides what's going to be, yeah. Like if you need to create a product for the for the industry, mm-hmm. what you need is data. Mm-hmm. You need what do these people need? What do these people want? What is missing in the industry? And all this is achieved via collecting data, getting out there, gathering data. And so at the end of the day, the more data you have, 
the more opportunities you have to use technology to solve problems in the society because technology will rely on this data to actually work so the the question about data i think last time i termed data as the biggest technological movement in africa at the moment because it is with data that we can we can advance as a, as a society as a continent so the point of small businesses coming into the industry right now i feel like they should definitely focus so much on how they gather data on how they utilize it or not utilize rather analyze it and then utilize the the findings that they find out of data because mm-hmm. data at the end of the day is what will direct you in the right direction data will tell you don't build this car like this mm-hmm. yeah build it like this yeah. this is the way the trends are you can only achieve this via data yeah. so data science like you're saying coming into 2019 because i believe that's the point of the talk and yeah. uh, coming into 2019 we've already talked about ios mm-hmm. being a, a key thing that you should learn the next is definitely people should consider is data science yes. because right up there data science it's just it's the art of, yeah. of building technology yeah. you can say that yeah. because it's with data science that we build awesome technology even yeah. blockchain itself yeah. It rides on data. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, it's data being yes. added into the Long chain. Into, yeah. Yeah, it's called the ledgers. The ledgers. It's data. Data, yeah. is what we, data. data is what powers blockchain. Mm. Data is what powers innovation. Yeah. Data is what is powering technology. So data is, so data is everything. Yeah, data yeah. is the currency. Yeah. And, and, and to continue on this, you know, praise the thing in Hebrew. The beautiful thing, right? Yeah? <laughs> beautiful thing about data data is absolutely objective mm-hmm. it is not politically aligned yeah it doesn't have tribal inclinations mm. you know all the things that affect africa i i oh, humans. It, yeah humans mm. true humans but Oh, I have a passion for Africa, so I, I, I see Africa. But yes, all humans are affected by this. All humans are tribal and stuff. But the reason why I love data is data tells you as it is. You get it? So, if we make our societies okay, data-driven, I believe we'll solve so many, So many, especially in Kenya. Yes. If you see like... Um, let's say a rainy season like mm. this there's always floods yeah. every other year the roads go bad and it's it, i don't know if it's our decision makers up there who are not making the right decisions or they don't have the data to actually take charge of this this catastrophes these mm. disasters it's hunger mm. um guys farming in any field exact any field that you i think data is so important and especially for our decision makers our governments i think that they should take into consideration how data can help us to build a better society i think the way when leo when you were talking about technology and how it's unapologetic i was thinking to myself that the reason technology will always uh, force people to conform to it is because technology serves the people mm. it does not serve a small community of politicians making decisions it does not serve a, it serves the people yeah. and at the end of the day the people are the ones being affected by these decisions yeah. so the people the decisions that they make for themselves will always be in their best interest so in 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 like in this line 
you can agree that technology serves the best interest of yeah. the people yeah. and in so doing you can say like it's the ultimate government because it's always right yeah. it knows what people want and in line to this you can say that with data when you collect data about people and data about what people need and data about what people want then this data will be used to create technology that is anabolically brutal and that's the thing mm. it started the question with a small company mm. how to use how do they use data what impact do they have on, uh, by using data that's the thing because as a company you're entering into business because and that's the thing about capitalism you enter into business because you are offering a product that you want somebody to spend or to value it at a particular price yeah. they're placing a value on what you're offering mm. now if you come <coughs> and you offer a product based on data that is that to serve people so you are offering a solution that is purely driven not on your own bias mm-hmm. not on your own small you know circle of friends you're offering something that it's been analyzed this is a solution for a particular problem ailing society yes you very quickly move from becoming a small company to a big company Yeah. very quickly if you master utilization of data that is one of the biggest drivers of a, of a, of a, of a, of a company that's one of the biggest drivers because once you master how to analyze and use data what you are actually doing is tapping directly to the root of your people and they're telling you things subconsciously mm-hmm. that the computer captures you get yes They, they might not you know people can lie people can hide people can be embarrassed people cannot say the problem but they, you can never lie to the computer or to technology mm-hmm. how you interact with it you, you will always say the truth so mm-hmm. basically you have an ear to the person's inner true wishes exactly. and you're tapping into it and you're saying that person is communicating this is what i want you've analyzed it and you've packaged a solution and you're communicating the same solution through the data driven and you're telling him exactly what he wants to hear about the solution tell me where is the failure failure rate becomes almost nil people will always respond to you positively because you're data driven mm-hmm. exactly And I mean, it, it just brings me to the point of also employability in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for example, if you're using data, um, technology or artificial intelligence, for example, to hire people, mm-hmm. at what point does data um, become so unbiased that it's actually a disadvantage? Because everything has a strength and yeah. weakness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say um, I can learn so much more about Victor or Leo mm-hmm. or Michelle by speaking to them for even 30 minutes mm. that rather than looking at how they perform at a technical test yes. or their resume you yeah. know yeah. so at what point does data not capture the soft skills of someone i know yes. companies such as shortlist um, and even some schools such as imperial college london mm. make you do a 30 they make you record a 30 minute um, video clip mm. of explaining it's kind of like your personal statement mm. but in video format and it's about 30 15 to 30 minutes mm-hmm. shortlist will make you um, record an audio mm. of why you're a good match or a good fit for the role as opposed to writing a cover letter mm. so those are very interesting ways to sort of capture the soft, soft skills of people or how they communicate but at what point do we 
become too objective mm. that it's not actually um, empathic mm. you know because mm. because i think creativity mm. is is a good skill being mm. able to communicate is also a good skill kindness and warmth you know those are skills that are very important for team dynamics and um, i was reading an article somewhere that said that you know this whole debate about being junior mm. and being a senior developer mm. that you should, you should not call yourself a junior developer mm. you should call yourself um an apprentice yeah. right so you find that some people are senior developers based on their years of experience mm-hmm. or their technical ability but whenever they're tasked with a project or some technical requirements mm-hmm. they end up straying too far out of the scope mm-hmm. because they're so interested in the technicality yeah. and building something but you're you're working at a company you know mm-hmm. you have clients who are expecting you to meet deadlines so yeah. at what point I mean, do you get the the point yes. of trying to yes. how how do we balance yes. um those skills as developers mm. and then also to recruiters mm. how do you think they can best test yeah. both sort of the hard side the hard skills and then mm. the soft skills yes. are they necessary okay yeah let me let me take a crack at that i i think when it comes to hiring somebody for your team mm. One thing we touched on is analyzing data, but you need to, to to properly analyze something. You need to place its value in the hierarchy of decision making. So when it comes to hiring somebody, you you cannot, as of yet, determine whether this person, even if you aren't using AI, determine whether this person is a fit without interacting with them because human interactions go beyond written word or what somebody has done okay <laughs> as people you've met somebody and you've just clicked or somebody you just don't like nah they've never insulted you yeah they've never really but there's something about them that just doesn't energy yeah. you can bring somebody into a group dynamic and the whole group just changes evolves yeah. into something totally different and you don't know why you see such certain things you okay i don't want to say you can't track because if you give enough net of data you can track and the ai can assess that every team this guy has joined has broken up in 3 months so yes you can keep track yeah. you, there's a way you can keep track but you i wouldn't i wouldn't uh, rely on it i wouldn't rely on it as a 100% is just the ai picks a team and that will automatically function mm-hmm. no, no no they need to be somebody who analyzes and has the capacity to put value yeah my thing with data was mostly on the product end mm-hmm. when it comes to hiring i'm not i'm not in hr so i'm not a hr person <laughs> but i will try to wear their shoes mm-hmm. a bit and try to say that you have a company culture that has been built and crafted mm-hmm. and what you want to do your company culture and ethos is based on what you as a company want to accomplish so what you want to do is have your employees or people you've hired internalize the company culture and then you know flow with it so you want to hire people who have the capacity to internalize that company culture so for example if you work in a lax place at the interview you would wouldn't want such a stiff neck or if you have like a law firm where you need suits every day a business kind of thing 
you kind of don't want somebody who comes for an interview with a t-shirt. Right. So those things, yes, you can plot them in data, given a white net data can say, like, like Google probably knows everything about you and stuff like that. True. But in terms of the interpersonal dynamics and stuff like that, there's, more, there's, there's a person who told me, they care, yes, they look at competency, but one of the things they care most is attitude. A lot of people say that. Yeah. A lot of, especially guys who've made it, big people who hire, they say, you know, Bill Gates, there's one time he said, I hire the lazy person because the lazy person finds the quickest way how to do things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are things he's studied about people that to him makes sense, but to another person, say, no, no, not a hardworking person. And both of them are equally big in their fields and they made it because they've done something right, yeah. but they have two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. You see, it, when it comes to hiring people and having a team, there is no perfect way because each team is different depending on the dynamics of the people around it and the leader and what they want and how this leader requires this kind of personalities to bring the best out of them, while this other one requires this kind of personality. So such things you require hands-on, but to filter, like you have 10,000 applications, to filter, AI can come very close to bringing you uh, a percentage, because they'll say, this guy has a 98% likelihood of fitting in your organization, for example, Mm. because there's always a margin of error. So you can filter and say, just bring up people who have a 98% of fitting in the knee, and then from there, you now in make the personal decision, you, you bring in-person interview and you make a personal decision, which it has helped a lot because before you just had something written, you don't know who's written it, it could be a friend, because when you write something, your personality is communicated. So if a friend has written for you a cover letter, that person's personality is communicated. Yeah. Mm. And so you get, ah, this person sounds funny. Come and the person, totally. but you see, AI can look at this, look at Facebook postings, match the, 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 the this person isn't likely the one who wrote this, and then get the characteristics of the person who, you know, so AI can do a lot of things that a person can. Yeah. Maybe in a filter, yeah, but mm. to actually say that this person 100% would be a good fit, I don't think AI has gotten there mm-hmm. right yet. You need to have somebody to analyze the data. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, the first thing you're talking about comes is Gigo. And this is, scary, scary, this is scary. AI looking at my social media. <laughs> so I think on the hiring part, can you say that um, we can use our social media to to like showcase our skill set. Definitely. Yes. yes. And that brings me to my next point of, mm. um, you know, with all the machines sort of deciding who gets the job and yeah. who doesn't, mm. what can you best do as a developer mm-hmm. besides being a really good coder mm. or being a really good problem solver? Because that then becomes fundamental. Mm. You know, if someone says you need to understand Python yeah. or Java or whatever, then it must be that it's not even about being the best coder. You must strive to be a really good coder as a bare minimum. Yes. What more can you then do? I think that's where personal branding is really important. Yeah. Yeah. So using social media to, for example, tweet about your interests in technology, using social media to, you know, for example, LinkedIn. It yeah. is social media, yes, but in a more yes. professional context. So recruiters are always look, looking at LinkedIn. They actually use this thing called a LinkedIn Boolean search, mm-hmm. whereby if they're looking for five years experience, again, that's debatable, um, they'll just filter. So yeah. even though you lie on your resume, 
if that does not pop up on your LinkedIn that you actually have five years of experience, mm. you won't even be considered, yes. mm. right? So, but using LinkedIn to, um, you know, network or mm. to ask questions or to connect with industry peers, mm. and in the point of networking as well, what more can you do besides being a good developer? Yeah. Attending um, forums, attending yes. talks and workshops. Um, if you're on a budget, there are so many free talks, yes. right? But then yeah. also not just sitting there and not asking questions, but making it a point to actually Approach, go and ask questions yeah. to the speakers or to even just look who sat beside you. You never know that could be your next exactly. business partner, could exactly. be your next employee, yes. your next employer, yeah. your next friend. You mm-hmm. never know. I mean, I think, I think there's so much more you can do. One thing that um, a non-tech person told me this year, mm-hmm. they're actually a musician. And they've always been interested in coding, but as you know, it, you know, procrastination and all these other factors come into life. And you know, he's um, in his mid thirties, but he's a really good um, musician. And he was saying that one of his sort of f- dreams is to develop a software, kind of like Logic Pro or GarageBand, mm. but one that actually considers African beats in mind. Yeah. So you find mm. that Logic Pro, <coughs> GarageBand, none of these because so, they're made by you know, Western Westerners and they have their own sort of music score and how they write music and how they record music. So mm. when it comes to things like Afrobeats or just African temples and, you know, the drum beat, mm. there's really nothing out there. So he kept asking me, why haven't you guys thought of building that? You developers <laughs> in Africa, what do you build? I mean, yeah. and, I, and I, I couldn't help but think, wow, what developer out there is actually making it a point to go to Ongea Music Festival? Yeah. We'd rather go to iHub or Nairobi Garage or all these... To- tech talks, mm-hmm. but are we actually making it a point to go, to step into another waters, industry? Yeah. Exactly, what is that we've never swam in before? Like, how about you attend a Cook Studio Film Festival and see what problems are there in the film industry and how yeah. can I, as a developer, find you know, um, solutions to that? Or what, pro- attend a bakery expo, right? Yeah. What problems do bakers have in terms of delivering fresh, organic cakes? Mm-hmm. What problems do, you know, people who sell vegetables at farm markets, what problems and how can I use technology? How can I be a developer actually developing African problems? Visiting a hospital, for example, just you know, trying to conduct market research. I think it's, the onus is on us to also try and attend or network in places that are not tech-focused because yeah. we end up in this ivory tower, in this cocoon, in this sort of revolving door of just tech, tech, tech but not really using tech for good. Yeah, you need to go so outside. In terms of employability, that's something I would, I would urge mm-hmm. all of us as developers to consider. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's, that's true. And the thing about it is, it's, it's unfair, but that's the world. With the large population, more competition. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to just be a coder. The cliche is, is now less and less true, where coders don't like talk, they don't. Oh, yes. They just sit to themselves, mm-hmm. and they can be rude, and they can be this. It's no longer like that mm-hmm. because you have somebody who has amazing soft skills, who's also coding, mm-hmm. and they're not few. They're very many. They're many. Actually, coders nowadays are intentionally learning soft skills mm-hmm. to fit to the industry. Mm-hmm. We here, all of us, are coders. And all of us are talking on a podcast. On a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You get what I'm saying? We're not yeah. like in a cocoon, just like in the dark, just hacking the dark. Yeah, just like... Bah, bah, bah. So the thing is, that's number one. The most interesting thing I've heard you say right now, like that jumped at me, 
we provide solutions. Mm. So you're right. We have, at least I have not done any of the things you said. And that is where solutions are seen. That is where That's you where see the them all to build solutions. So yeah. you've said something very critical. Moving into 2019, the people who want, not everybody wants to be employed, the people who want to be you know, freelancers. They want to be entrepreneurs and build a tech startup. Yeah. How do you do it? You go to different events, different environments, and look like a software engineer. You, you, you critically analyze it and you see, I can do this better. Mm-hmm. I can do this faster. And that's why, that's a very, very good advice. Even me, I, I mean, yeah. just told me that. Yeah. It, 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 you when you see it, it yeah. jumped at me. And I'm like, my goodness, that is so true. Yeah. Because that is why you will see yeah. a need. Because we can't have, okay, there are so many blogs. You know, as tech guys, we will we, we'll build tech things. Like yeah. we'll build a blog. Like mm-hmm. what we said, a uh, stack overflow. For, yeah. For, 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 <laughs> for you. That's for what, that yeah, is yeah. important. That is important, true. But, but, but then bakers also need solutions. Bakers yeah. also A guy need went yeah. and looked at the way taxis are doing and said, no. I need Uber. Yeah. Yeah. It brings me back to the, the, the event Melissa and I attended the other day at Safaricom Talks. And this guy that... I don't know whether the one who was building a system for education. Ah, uh, Ikitabu, Tony Ikit- Dumu. Yeah. They were, they were saying that they built their book twice, failing miserably. The reason is they were approaching it as developers, like how can we best teach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they were not teaching, they were writing code mm-hmm. to teach, you know? Mm-hmm. But it is until they realized that they needed to understand the, the, the needs the students have. They needed to actually go to the people they are selling this product for, they are making this product for, so they can understand how do you want this thing to be made, why do you want this thing to be made, and how can we best deliver it. But that's a process in creating a project, market research. I know it is, but it is not what developers have when they, most developers when they are getting into development, they want to be, like I want to be me on my laptop, doing my thing, writing codes. Also another thing, just sorry to jump in. Okay. That's not market research. That's market research. Not necessarily. Market research yeah. is you have a predetermined thing and you're gauging the market to the response of what you are building. Yeah. Right? So you have a survey, you go and you ask questions, and then you tell them, can you use this? What he's saying yeah. is, what he's saying is, from ground up, having no assumptions whatsoever what somebody needs, first learning how it is to be them. Exactly. Then coming back and creating and, and creating an idea and then now doing it. In other words, it's also this no it's kind but of like method acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what that's what that's what I was coming around mm. to the point that you were saying that and Melissa that mm. you actually need to go to where these people are, yeah. not to do market research, mm. to understand them, to understand their, their problems, points. their pain points, to actually even to locate the, the, the gaps in yeah. the society. You know, you might go to a market saying, I want to build this product, but then you realize it's actually not the problem. And if you conducted a market research on the matter, you would have created a Google form or a survey and you'd be like, do you want this? Do you want that? How can I fix this? And of course, they'll give you a perfect response yes. because, you know, I want this thing done. Yes, yes. it might be awesome. Yes. But maybe it's not the problem they have. Maybe it's a problem, but it's not the problem. What you need to understand the problem that they face is to go to them and understand how they operate, their way of life, learn their culture. Yes. And that's how you'll actually build a program that, um, a, 
solution, yeah. a product yeah. that actually solves a problem. Mm. And, yeah? and, and you know, just to um, wrap up, mm. um, you know, when, when you're speaking about being a culture fit, mm. um, I think as employ as employers, mm. as recruiters, I would say in 2019, it's really it would really help developers for you to be explicit about what yes. you mean because you find culture fit means old boys club. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're a woman in tech applying, yes. you may not necessarily fit, fit that culture. culture. So yeah. how can I mean if if maybe your company consists of people within a certain race or from a certain yes. race mm. sometimes culture fit mm. can also mean oh you're not from this country yes. so even though you're really good that's why we're not taking yes. you on yes. um and i think also trying to give feedback to candidates when you've rejected them is yes. very important yes. because you'll find that you know you've gone through a sort of recruitment process interview process only for someone to tell you or oh, you know the reason we're not taking you on is because you don't have a computer science degree yeah. when you can't help but think all the resources i've spent yes. practicing and coming to um interview mm-hmm. if you had just told me that from the beginning yes. you and i could have saved time and yes. money so i think just more honesty and, is very and, important and, and, and this is this is key yeah. understand as a hr or hiring person yeah it is in your interest to add to the quality of the pool of the resource in which you're tapping mm-hmm. so approaching it not so much as yeah I'm hiring people and then I'm firing people but more so that people who come across me I want them to be better so next time I'm going to source from that pool even the people who have not have rejected because I cannot hire I cannot hire only two people mm-hmm. I have built it to some degree to the point that when I go back Six I find it from now. better because mm-hmm. I have I have contributed to the growth of the pool in which I'm tapping the resource from right. so when a developer comes tell them where to work on exactly. tell them how to improve look at it as I am giving you this so you are becoming better so next time I am going to get from that resource i find a better pool of people and that's much much more reasonable and forward thinking and long term thinking approach towards hiring than just like you have met the cat just go no mm-hmm. improve the quality of the candidate who hasn't made it because yeah, next time he might be the only one applying because there is a shortage and you didn't improve him imagine mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying right. so yes improve the, the 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 quality of the resource in which you're tapping from mm-hmm. yeah okay. which yeah. Mm-hmm. so Would you like to to wrap? Uh, no no, today I'm more than inspired for 2019. So <laughs> more than inspired. So look out for 2019. Go out there, look for resources that you can study in and just be better. Be better for 2019 and create if you are a developer out there, create solutions fit for your environment. Don't create something for you. But if it's for you, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. definitely have um, more engaging episodes like like this one yes come yeah. back in 2019 um, yeah, if you if you know of any yes. guests you'd like to um, hear from let us know yeah. uh, but thank you so much thank, thank you victor you. thank you leo thank you michelle thank you. um have have a really good uh, remainder of 2018 <laughs> <laughs> christmas see you again, see you again <laughs> christmas. thank yeah, you so yeah. much and our audience have a nice christmas and yes. a new year see you next year with a very long list of very very good guests yes, yes. i can't for wait for next us. year my goodness it's going to be amazing yeah, yeah. it's going to be amazing yeah. thank yeah. you so much address Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For waiting, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.